0: This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All The Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kirpin. If it's social, then you really could be
1: it. You can't have what people say, it's so serious. Because you're social, you're a leader, and you're serious.
0: Now, Carrie Kerpen. My next social lady is so amazing that she doesn't even have to be on social media. Meet Lauren Banyer Reich, head of LBR PR. She's doing incredible things for women in the workplace and in general. Take a listen, she rocks. Welcome, Lauren, to the show. Thank you for having me, Carrie. Very excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you because I've really admired watching you grow. I know like, we connected through the C200 organization, which is really exciting. I know you do the PR work for them. And I'd I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about the story of your career and how you got to become an entrepreneur in the first place.
1: Well, um... I've always really kind of just wanted to run the show. I've Mm -hmm. always been that kid. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Um, But I think I might be the only person uh, that I know that picked what they wanted to do, like, out of a hat when they were 18 and are actually still doing it. Hmm. Um, When somebody told me what PR was, that it was writing and communicating and um, getting to talk to really interesting people, I was, like, sold. (laughs) So I went to University of Maryland where they had a fantastic journalism school. And as painful as the process of journalism school is, I mean, they get you in a room with a computer and a story you have to write, and uh, no spell check, and they give you 20 minutes, and you got to turn it out. And if it's not perfect, you get an automatic F. Wow.
0: If there is a mistake,
1: if there is a typo, um, and if it's not good. So, uh, painful but really good training in terms of writing, um in terms of stress management, uh, in terms of all that stuff. And then um I got out of school and kind of said New Yorker bust and started in book publicity. And what was really cool about book publicity when I was working in it was that it was very different. It was when you could be a best-selling author and like that was it. Yeah. And now It was your whole career. Exactly. Right. Um, and now, really, it's it's changed to being, you know, the book is a feather in your cap, or yep. it's a, an extended business card now. Yep. And unless you use it for more, it can fall really flat.
0: Yeah, I think there are very few people, especially in the business writing space, that, that say, oh, I'm an author and that's it. Like you're just not just an author anymore because there's so much more that you have to do to survive and be successful in today's day and age. And I
1: think if you're smart about it, um, I kind of use the peeling the onion metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can take each nugget of wisdom or, or or advice or insights because I think the real key thing to always have for people is like a piece of takeaway. Yep. Like what's something that I learned from listening to you today? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I really got into that. Like, I loved being able to peel the onion for my authors. And I also got to work with a whole bunch of folks in a whole bunch of different industries. And it was a lot of fun. And I loved working with smart people. And that's when Mm. I kind of first figured out, like, ooh, like, this is really cool. Um, So after that, I moved on to a boutique PR agency that did Again, generalist stuff, but a lot of um, luxury things. And the best part about that, of course, was that I got to um, essentially, after about the first year, run the agency but Mm. still get a paycheck, which is a tricky thing to be able to do. So you had all of
0: the excitement of entrepreneurship, but with the security of it not being necessarily your own risk.
1: Wow. And so
0: when you came into the agency, were you hired to do that, or did you grow into a space where you did that? So
1: I was one of three directors at the time. Great. Um, And then they kind of started falling off. And it was me and one gal that that worked there for a long time in tandem. Um, And I learned a tremendous amount from her because she was a few years more senior than I was. Um, And we had a great working relationship. And, you know... Again, coming back to that, like always kind of wanting to be in charge, it was yeah. really fun to have that ability to – and it's not just the – it's not the power kick of it. It was just the being able to affect change piece yes. of it and the ability to, you know, help develop a team member and the ability to make a decision on a client and take a chance, like a calculated risk for a client. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I, I really have to say, my piece of takeaway or one of the pieces of takeaway from this interview, I think, is that – I always work for small companies, and a lot of people get this big thing about, like, I got to work for a corporation. I have to have a big name on my resume, and they think that's really important. And I think I thought that was really important kind of in the back of my head, but my experiences were only really with small companies, and I look now back on my career, and I'm like – I got to do so much more. Yes. I got to, in basically kind of like my third real job, run an agency day to day for almost six years.
0: Yeah. How cool is that?
1: Yeah. I would never, I would have had to wait for the lady in the corner office to die. Absolutely. In a big corporation to be moved up. And then you've got the politics and you've got all of the red tape. And so for me, I looked at those situations like, okay, how can I affect change here kind of Ask for forgiveness, not permission, and like just take charge of things in a really positive way that was good for everybody, Um, and that just wasn't something that would have would have flown, um, I think, in a more structured, larger environment.
0: So you're now in a space of the story (laughs) where you're running this agency. Mm -hmm. You don't have the risk of owning the agency.
1: What happens next? Oh, well, There's always a what's happened. What happens next? Um, I was doing such a great job running this woman's agency. And, you know, she, we, we kind of had it so she was almost like we'd wheel her out and she'd say hello to the clients and they would eat out of her hand and it was wonderful. Yes. And they would wheel her back in. Yes. Um, and and I say that with love. Um, oh, I but, got it. You know, uh, trust me, I get but it. But we were acquired by a mid sized firm and it was a different business model. And it really, it, it just, unfortunately, and it, this was my heart and soul. I worked at this company, you know, for through the birth of both of my kids. Yep. I bought a house. I became a grown-up at this company. Yeah. And I put my heart and soul into these clients. And when we made this shift, it just wasn't a fit. It just wasn't a fit for, unfortunately, our clients. It wasn't a fit for our employees. Um, and ultimately, it wasn't a fit for me.
0: That must have been devastating. Oh, it
1: sucked. Ugh. <laughs> And and the hardest part was again feeling as though I think all that time that these were my clients. Yeah. But the truth was my name wasn't on the door. Right. And they weren't my clients. Right. So you um, wanted your name on the door. I did. And and when when I parted ways with my agency, um, I, you know my husband looked at me and he goes, so now you're gonna do it, right? And I was like, do what? And he was like, now you're gonna you're gonna hang your shingle, you're gonna do this. And I went well, crap, i kind of been talking about this for a while. And it's, you know, it's it, be careful what you wish for, yep. you know, and kind of what you put out into the world and what yep. you speak into truth. Yep. And I had been saying forever that that was my ultimate goal. And he was like, well, no time like the present. And I said, okie dokie. Wow. <laughs> and I did it. And I have to say it was um, it was surprisingly not as scary just to say yes to it. Yep. It really the, – the saying yes to it was not the scary part, um, you know. And, and really – It hasn't been scary. It's been kind of awesome. And I feel like once you get that momentum going and when you really are kind of in your core genius, it starts to get easier and easier in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying that it's not hard. I mean, it's hard to run a business. You know, it's, it's challenging and you have to get in the nitty gritty and I hate the administrative stuff. But I think also, you know, if you're really doing what you're supposed to be doing, it flows.
0: You know, you and I obviously have had lots of conversations. We've worked together uh, for a little bit now, relatively new working relationship. But one of the things that you told me that that struck me that I (laughs) thought was really so true was that when you were starting your business, that uh, you were fixated on making it like kind of perfect and perfectly structured, like the way a typical traditional agency is and how you kind of evolved and flowed into your own sort of model, I think is a really profound sort of statement because it's such a, it's such a myth that entrepreneurs have to do things exactly by the box or by the book, exactly how you got to kind of find your own way. Tell me a little bit about that experience.
1: Well, so I just figured I would go out and create kind of old agency 2.0 or old right. agency 3.0 because yep. I was like, this is a model that worked. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. Except what I really realized is that it was kind of broken. Yeah, right. And it, it wasn't is. it wasn't efficient. And I think what's amazing about where we are right now in and I don't think it's just New York. I think the way that we are right now in business and the way that we are in terms of having this kind of new way to work in every way um, has opened up the opportunity for entrepreneurs like myself to do a couple of things. Number one, eliminate overhead. Yep. You don't need a big a big fancy office in New York City to run a New York City agency. You yep. just don't need it. Yep. And on the flip side of that, it allows you to hire better senior people that cost a little bit more because you don't have to spend it on the real estate. You can spend it on the top-notch freelancers that you bring in like I do on long-term long-term projects for my clients. So I essentially hire people that I should be working for <laughs> to come in and and kill it for my clients. So my clients win because they're getting great service at a reasonable price. They're paying a good, you know, they're paying a good retainer, but they're getting essentially very over-serviced in a lot of ways. Because of the level of talent that I can provide them, because I don't have this heavy duty structure, physical structure kind of hanging over my business. And it wasn't what I thought it would be. I thought, oh, well, it's a virtual agency kind of wishy washy. Like, what does that mean? Nobody cares where I am. Nobody cares where I sit. They wanna see me and they wanna see the work, and I'm always coming to them anyway. So it's like once you realize kind of what really matters, like you think certain things matter, and then you kind of step back, if you're able to step back. You realize that some of those are just really artificial, and they're really constructs. You have a whole theme.
0: I don't know if you've <laughs> seen this theme. So the theme me. that I love is about actually abandoning ego, that the same thing like in the beginning where you were thinking about going to a big company, and like, oh, should I go to a big company, the allure, da, da, or do I stay with a small company where I can have impact? Um, do I get a big New York City office, or do I create a freelance model where I can actually hire people who are brilliant and not have to worry about the overhead? You, to me, seem like somebody who have (laughs) successfully learned how to abandon, like, you know, pardon my French listeners, but, like, the bullshit of, like, oh, I need this to look big, um, when in fact you have created something that is actually big. You were able to create a big impact at small agencies, and you were able to now create a big uh feel and big, smart staff um, without having the traditional, oh, look at my fancy New York City office. It's really, uh, it's really, really awesome and a great lesson for listeners.
1: Really great. Well, thank you. I mean, I think it really comes back to being of service. Yes. Right. And one of the amazing things about C200, who I have had the privilege of working with through three different agency incarnations, is that they did come with me because they knew that I was the one providing them with that good service.
0: Absolutely, you know, and I
1: think that if you are always coming from that place of being a, you know, a brand ambassador, a brand steward, uh, you know, somebody out there who's kind of fighting the good fight and advocating on behalf of your client, you're being of service, yep. and that's what I do. Yep. So if I'm coming from that place, then I think people are going to recognize that. So tell our listeners what C200 is. Ah, C200 is a really interesting organization. They're a network of the world's uh, foremost female C-suite executives and entrepreneurs um, and They check your books. Like, it's not like, oh, I make this much money. Like, let me in. No, you have Um, (laughs) to be
0: real deal on C200. (laughs) They check
1: your books. And, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, it's minimum $20 million a year revenue. If you are a corporate executive, it's a bottom line, you know, at least $250 million in P&L. And beyond that, and and this is almost more important, you have to be um, someone who is looking to foster and celebrate and support other women in business. So what I really love about being able to sit in the room with these women um, when they're meeting is that they have such an unmatched peer network because so many of these women are the only women and have been. For years, the only woman in the room. Yep. Whether it's the boardroom, the you know the, the corner office, um, the only woman who has a, a business where she's making ball bearings and manufacturing, and like that's that's a totally isolated world. If you were the only woman there, and so to see these women have this community where they can come together and not only support each other, but then through the protege program, which yes. Carrie is a part of, yes. um, you know, support other entrepreneurs. But you know, behind this new uh, corporate initiative they have called See Ahead, which which is really about identifying um, and and mentoring, but that's not almost the strong enough word. Uh, women who are one to three steps away from the corner office, from yes. the C suite position, yes. and giving the benefit of you know someone who's on the board at Walmart sits down with them and says, "Here's how I got here." Someone who has you know run a billion, a, a multi billion dollar international company can say, "This is what I learned," and give them real advice from from a place that not many people can speak. And so it's such a it's such an awesome organization. The other funny thing about the organization is because it's corporate and entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs yes, they they approach things very differently. <laughs> and you know, Carrie's an entrepreneur. You like you want to come in and you want it done and you want it fast and you want it now and you know, boom, 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 boom. And there, you know, there's there's a lot of you know the gut instinct that goes with being an entrepreneur and that kind of fail fast, you know, and 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 get it done. And corporate folks, of course. Of of which I am not right, um, kind of come at it from a very methodical and thoughtful and process oriented approach. Let's
0: think about it. Yes, yeah, so let's gather all, all of our the information.
1: information. <laughs> we need
0: everything all together. What is the what yes. do the analysts
1: have to say? What right. is the re- you know all of that stuff? But you know what. Both each have their benefits, really. Well, and I think what's what's interesting because they went through a strategic planning process, yes. and it was like it was almost like this fishbowl exercise yes. that I'm like watching happen. Yes. Is that you know, like with most things, it's the middle way. Yes, it's the middle. I feel like I'm a, a I'm like a budding Buddhist. I'm like there is a right. the middle way. Yes, you know?
0: <laughs> we must find the middle road. But
1: but they really do kind of net out as I see these women work together in lots of different situations with with finding that middle way that incorporates kind of the best of both worlds. Yes. And so it's just it's such a it's such a cool thing to be able to witness and learn from. I mean, isn't that the whole point? Like, aren't we just kind of here to, like, continue to grow and stuff like that? So if you can, you know, absorb those lessons, I think, you know, that's that's what's going to get you ahead.
0: And so, Lauren, tell me, you know, we met, obviously, through this fantastic Mm -hmm. networking organization of incredible powerhouses. Tell me about the power of networking in your own life.
1: So I, I mean, it's everything. It's everything. Like even – and I started building a network later, I think, than most – um, I wasn't that kid in college that like got it right away. Yep. Like I got out, I got my job, I put my head down. I was like, I'm gonna do this. And then things change, and you're like, oh crap! Like, <laughs> what am I gonna do now? Who do I call? What do I do? And I think you know, being a PR person, I've been very lucky because I have the skill set of being able to do the cold call, yes. and it doesn't trip me up. And I'm yes. like, let's talk. You know, yep. hi, I'm Lauren. This is what I do. What you know, what can I do for you? What can you do for me? Like, let's have a chat. And that comes very naturally to me. And so what happened is, as I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up after the book publicity gig. Um, was um, so I started talking to people who did corporate communications because I had that thing where I wanted to maybe. Company, try out, maybe. Right, yes. Let me try it out. Um, and I ended up building myself a fantastic network of corporate people that I never wanted to work for. <laughs> Not in that, no, but in the sense that I would, I reached out to the head of communications over at Hearst magazines and I like got her on the phone yep. and I had my little pitch ready. I was, you know, my name is Lauren Banyer I'm a PR person, you know, a, a PR, uh, you know, person here in New York city. Um, I'm looking to possibly transition to a corporate communications role. Um, and I'd really love to meet with you and pick your brand and learn about any insights or advice you might have for me. Boom. That was my pitch. She said, I'm so sorry. You know, I can't talk to you. I'm very, very busy. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in in touch with my right-hand person. And she's fantastic. You got to call her. Talk to Jessica. And so Jessica and I became friends and have stayed in touch over the years. And she's gone on to do amazing, big-time corporate stuff. And I still get so much insight and, and can make so many connections and get so many answers just from my relationship with her. But what's funny about it is... I built that network for one thing, and then realized that it had so many other applications.
0: What's well, funny, because today, when we were sitting in an interview series, somebody said to us, "Network before you need to." Exactly. And I think that's exact. That speaks exactly to it because it's it, you know so much of networking today that's done wrong is about immediacy, right? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, what can you do for me right now? But you got to plant
1: the seeds that's it. And you have to build the relationship. And to me, that's the thing. And you have to be authentic. And I think that's that's the number one thing. And my husband, for a long time, was very much like, well, I'm not going to network. It feels fake. And I said, well, it doesn't have to be fake. Because if you're networking and you're just being you. Right. And I think as you get older, and I think for me at least being an entrepreneur and knowing I'm not speaking necessarily on behalf of anybody but myself, it becomes really easy. Absolutely. Because I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm here to be me and to talk to you about what I do and hopefully to give you a little bit of information that can, again, be of service, be helpful, that you can take away.
0: Exactly. I love
1: it. Lauren, what's next
0: for you? What are you excited about that's coming up?
1: I'm going to take over the world next. That's it. <laughs> Done. I don't <laughs>
0: doubt it, my dear. I do not doubt it.
1: Next stop, uh, top of the world. So top we'll of the see. world. Good. I think it's it's an exciting time, and I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. And, and so, you know, let's check back.
0: Watch out for Lauren. <laughs> Where can they follow you or connect with you?
1: Sure. So um, probably the best place to find information about me is L B R. Um, And I am the shoemaker's children who have no shoes. So I'm not tremendously active on social. I am ashamed to admit because I'm running my client's social media feeds. (laughs)
0: Listen. But you know the story. I know the deal. I get the whole thing. It's really it's hard to do on a day-to-day basis. So and it's um I, I also love that you that you're okay with that too. Like it you just have to be. You're busy working on your clients. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> be all honest. right. <laughs> Check out Lauren today. You've been listening to all the social ladies with Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter at Carrie Kerpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likable.com.